Reddit did to do. Welcome in to more important issues. Um, guys, we've got another great episode ahead. Uh, we're going to jump right into it because I think it might be another long one. Um, so let's get going with a little Vol basketball. Uh, the Vols are rolling. Um, and as of earlier today, they are number ranked number 24 in the nation. Um, we're actually one of the only programs in the country. There's eight programs, one of the only eight uh, programs in the country with both our men's and women's team ranked in the top 25. Men at 24, women at number 11. Is Are we a basketball school? It's looking like it. It is. It is. Um, Tennessee took on Georgia Tech last night, um, and just like last year, uh, took care of business. So, yeah, Lamonte Turner had a big game. Um, we've said this kind of over and over again, that we need better, more consistent guard play. Um, you know, Lamonte Turner can, like, disappear one game, and then, like last night, he scored 24 points. Um, so, I mean, just – and I, another thing we're missing is that, you know, a presence in the paint. Right. Um, Kyle Alexander is really improving. He, he looks a lot better, a ton better than he did last year. Um, but still not a big body, more like a, you know, a stick. Doesn't really plug up the lane. Right. Um, but, I mean, hey, they're finding a way to win, and, you know, that that's what you got to do. That's all that matters uh, at this stage. Um I feel like our guard play, especially defensively, is becoming more consistent, mm-hmm. um, and that that's helping a lot. And uh, one thing I've, that's really stood out to me, just in the Rick Barnes era in general, is is he, how much he demand, like how much physicality he demands in his game. Right. Um, looking almost uh, like like we did under Bruce Pearl, and and I, I mean even coaches like Conzo Martin um, played a physical style of basketball, but I feel like Conzo's brand for some reason never. I feel like we never pro- didn't produce that many turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, we we weren't getting a lot of off- forcing a lot of offensive fouls, and you know, kind of makes you wonder if maybe it wasn't quite as physical as we think it was. And but this Barnes defense, man, they, I mean, they they play just really really strong, and um, it's, if you're going to beat them, you you got to make several good passes uh, to, to get there, and um, rarely are we getting beat by just one guy. Um, but you play another good ACC opponent, um, the third on our schedule so far. Um, and we're three and zero against them. Uh, I think that says a lot about. I mean, I and the mo the two of the three teams aren't on the upper echelon of ACC teams, but mm-hmm. still, the ACC top to bottom is a really good conference. So you, you you're seeing just the consistency the Vols are have been able to play with this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the the only game they lo- they lost to was uh, they've lost so far as to Villanova, who's still ranked very high. Yeah, they're number four. Yeah, right and. Now. and um, you know, in the first half, you thought we were going to run away with it. Yeah. Um, we came out and it started slow. And, it, and that happened against Georgia Tech, too. We had a really slow start to the second half. Um, but o- overall, consistent play. We were able to get it back, Got our found our rhythm. I think at the end of the game, went on like a, a, a 10-2 run, 10-4 run, um, and ran away with the game. So um, more consistent play out of the Vols. <clears throat> I think it's going to be a fun month in a uh, fun month of December. Yeah, you got two more ACC teams. Two more ACC teams, and then right at the end, we'll we'll, round, we'll uh, start our SEC play with a, uh, a road trip to Arkansas. And uh, I, I have high expectations for the Vols. Um, right now, the uh, latest bracketology has them as a as a ten seed. So um, you got to if you're at a ten seed this early in the season, you got to make the tournament. Yeah, I mean, you got to make it. Um, so that's my. I mean, that's my expectations. Um, just get in. Anything who, can happen. 
who put us at number who put like everyone had us at thirteenth in the SEC. Yeah. I, Are I all fourteen teams it. gonna make it in the, in the tournament? Yeah, I have no clue. I don't. I don't know how that happened. Right. Um, you know, Missouri's not gonna be as strong with them losing their top player. Um, and Florida looks good. Texas A and M, Kentucky. Um, but other than that, I feel like you know we could be the the four team. Yeah, I, I I'm excited for SEC play because it seems like the SEC teams that you thought were gonna be good aren't quite as good outside of, you know, Kentucky, um, Florida. I think Alabama's going to be really good this year. Georgia's probably going to be pretty good again. Alabama got beat by UCF, though or not. Did they? I didn't see so, that. Because What's UCF, that? like their football team football team tweeted, we won, we got Bama. Oh, uh, okay. Um, That's nice. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but I, comical. I, that makes it do what? Comical. Yeah, comical. We haven't coughed up one of those games yet. We still have people like Firm in our schedule. Um, we have chances to cough that game up. Um, we have a Lipscomb. Yeah. Um, Lipscomb shouldn't be quite up there. I, I'd be more worried about Furman. But, I mean, you, you can't sleep on a team like Lipscomb either. That's how right. you get beat by teams like that. Um, and then that ever-so-exciting uh, UNC matchup coming December 17th. Uh, looks like fans are trying to check her Thompson. I saw that. So, let's do it. I don't think there's going to be that many people there, but let's do it. So You um, don't think there will be that many people there? Well, you're, you're not going to have any students, hardly any students. Um, because they'll, they'll, most of them will probably yeah. be gone already. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, maybe you have. I didn't, I didn't think about that. I mean, the yeah, thing you're, is, you're right. If you have enough, you'll have enough students that stick around, that older students, and um, with it being uh, Such a UNC, yeah. you may have all of them show up. You know, at this point, so mm-hmm. it could be full, and and maybe they'll even sell some tickets for that lower area just to fill it up, knowing that it'll be you know, um, knowing that it won't be a. A highly attended game by students. I think the lower bowl outside of that will probably be full. I'm curious to see kind of how the upper deck fills out with for, with a game like that. You, you think it would be high, um, but it's there's, a, there's not many seats left. Um, there's not from okay. what I was looking at. You know, there might some come available or or something like that. But from what I was looking at, you know, most of them up in the top are, are taken. Nice. Um, especially on the well, sides, you got to get like on the corner on the you know. Or where the goals are at. Well, I better go purchase my tickets. Yeah, I already did. Yeah, I've been waiting. I don't know why I've been waiting, but I have. So, yeah, I need to go do that because um, that's a game I want, definitely want to be at. Right. Um, and I guess that's everybody's thought process. And mm. they just were better than me to go do it earlier. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I. then it could be an exciting – I was just kind of thinking, I was like, I wonder if it will kind of have that Kansas atmosphere, um, you know, when they came here in uh, 11, 10, yeah. something like that. I hope it does. So and maybe that you know them scheduling a game uh, without the students there kind of like that. Um, you wonder if that's to bring in more more students, more more ticket sales um, for that because it's on like Christmas break, right? Yeah, I, hopefully the students show up because it'll be I think it'll be a fun event, especially after last year. And then this team's gotten better, um, and then uh, you've got a real shot against a, a top consistently top opponent. Um, so it'll be it'll be fun. I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm excited for this vol basketball season. I'm definitely going to try to make it out to a lot more games this year. Um, we got to go to the Vanderbilt game last year. Had great seats for that. Maybe I can talk talk to that guy again. Get a couple more games. Um, so that you know, unfortunately, just the way the schedule falls, it's tough to get to basketball games. Um, so you're going right. to have to really try to spot out the Saturday games and, and get to those. And I'd like to travel to a basketball game if it's at all possible. So that's something I'd like to do in the future, maybe this year, mm-hmm. uh, with how good they are. So uh, looking forward in the rest of the <clears throat> athletic department, 
Uh, football's still the talk of the town, though. It's controlling most of the conversation yeah. with um, – we haven't seen you guys since uh, Curry's been placed on administrative leave. Um, and and Coach Heavy, Heavy's back. Uh, he the battle back. captain is at the helm yet again. Um, you had to know <laughs> putting – like so former got passed over for the athletic director job. Um, this is almost like poetic justice. After being fired by an administration that had Curry in it, um, he was then put in an advisor role after being passed over for Curry. Then Curry gets placed on administrative leave and Fulmer's in. And Curry will inevitably be, inevitably be fired. I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then Fulmer's in. You invited, you invited snakes into the house. What's that, what's that saying all the time? And, and, the, and the snake bit you. You had yeah. a – I mean, you, you, yeah, you, bought, you brought him in. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and I'm not you, saying – You made your bed, you land. Right. And, and, and people are saying Fulmer went behind people's back uh, – behind Curry's back to, to get that position. And from what I've heard from – um, reliable people and reliable sources. Former is, and, and what we've seen just knowing him, Former has um, just carries himself with too much class for that to be. And then people who are close to the situation say that's just not so. Um, Curry kind of dug his own grave. And um, Former was just, I guess, sitting there waiting. And um, it sounds like Former really didn't try to sabotage him, but tried to do what was best for the. Tennessee football program and, and how he was acting. Yeah, and, so, and that, that's what you got to do. You got to do what's best for the program. I think Curry came in here, one of the best fundraisers in uh, the country as an athletic director. Um, I feel like all he saw was dollar signs and how we could make the mess, the best money or the most money. Um, but I mean, as a as a business, um, if you want to go that road, you got to have the best product to sell. Right. Right. You, you can't just, you know, get food club brand and think you're going to win over with Chef Boyardee. That's not <laughs> that's not how it's going to happen. Um, so I felt like that that's kind of what was the end of the John Curry era was he just didn't really know what was best for Tennessee. He just wanted to do it as like a financial standpoint. Well, yeah, and I, I don't I'm, – I'm with you. you. You can't sell – you know, you can't sell crap and expect it to be good. Um or buy crap, expect it, you know, whatever, and um, expect it to be good. But he he went out and he made a hire I think that he thought was a safe hire that could have gotten him maybe to the next level. Um, and I think everyone in the country, even the national media who's saying he would have been a great fit, if you go back and look at their old tweets about Greg Schiano, that's just not true. Um, and, that, and that's what, it, that, you know, and that's not even what did him in. Um, apparently he went rogue from from Davenport and went out and um, decided to interview Mike Leach and um, whatever went we don't as of right now we don't know what's going on with all that situation um, but whatever that was was the final straw uh, sounds like Beverly Davenport has uh, stood up to this administration that is bought by Big Boosters <laughs> Haslam and uh, that's what you know. She stood up to him, and then she they tried to hire an, a, an administrative uh, a guy inside Curry's administration. She said no. She went with the best hire, who who uh, who was there right now, who's been a part of the coaching coaching search, and his name's Philip Fulmer. And I I, I really really do believe Philip Fulmer is going to have the uh, this university's um, football program's best interest when he goes out and makes this hire. Um, I'm not saying this hire is going to be perfect, but I think he is going to make the hire that he believes is going to get the Vols back to where they need to go. I don't think this 
I don't think this hire is going to be influenced by um, friends. I don't think it's going to be influenced by big money. I think it's going to be come down to football. Yeah. Who can get Tennessee? And, and even even that, I think it's going to be hired by um, character. Because yeah. even no matter how much you win, um, let's look at Bobby Petrino. If you have poor character, it can get you out of there, out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or even you know look at uh, uh, Rick Pitino at Louisville, who won how much? And now because of uh, his character has been in question so many times, Louisville cut their losses and went on. Yeah. Um, so I, I really believe this hire is going to be made with the Tennessee football program's best interest at heart. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I like the irony you said with uh, John Curry leaving and how Phil uh, was fired. It was actually in the same room he was fired. He was hired as AD. Um, so, so something pretty cool. Um, you know, maybe this is the this is the break Tennessee fans were looking for. Um, I do think that it will be um, a good hire, no matter who it is. Um, and I also think fans will kind of, no matter who it is, will give feel the benefit of the doubt. Right. I whereas, hope, so. and and they should. Right. Whereas where Curry, gonna... no, there was no benefit of the doubt. Right. There's there's nothing there. If you're going to make a bad hire, they're going to let you know about it. Um, but that's Vol Nation. Right. Um, it, it, Philip Fulmer, he to me, I mean, because we grew up when he was, you know, rolling. Mm-hmm. He to me is Tennessee football. Um, I remember I was at his very last vol. I was at many vol walks, but I was at his very last vol walk, and it was one of the saddest things I've ever experienced. Yeah. Um, coming down with his whole family, um, I was actually standing right in front of uh, that would be the West End Zone uh, or West Side West End Zone West Sideline, uh, right outside, kind of Gate Twenty One there. Um, right in front of what now is the Neyland statue. And uh, he's, you know, I think there must have been a bunch of personal people he knew down there because he stopped there for a while and was hugging people. And it was it was a sad day for, for Tennessee football. We didn't know that we would continue mourning for the next 10 years. Right. Um, but we did. And I, I remember, you know, watching that, that game. I wasn't there. I think I was watching it in my living room. Um, and they were carrying off Phil for the last time. Um after they beat they beat Vandy, right? I thought it was Kentucky, but maybe okay. it was Vandy. They, they beat Kentucky and Vandy during the season. I, I don't know which one it was, but they carried him off. Um, and my dad was like, "They're making a huge mistake." And like, I, I mean, me being maybe it was my my naiveness when I was that young because I mean I was seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah. Um, but I was like, "This is dumb. Why are we firing?" It was Kentucky. Um. Why are we firing Philip Fulmer? Mm-hmm. Um, this is gonna be a huge mistake. Um, and I, I think at the time there were a few teams in the SEC. I think Alabama was in their second year with Nick Saban, maybe right. their first year, um, and they were kind of starting to pick up steam. and And everyone was just ready for the newness. Um, sometimes new isn't always better. Right. Well, Fulmer is definitely the guy. He's he's a recruiter. Um, he's a family guy. He's the guy that's going to come into your living room, and when he leaves that living room, you're coming to Tennessee. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. I feel like this is a perfect time to hire him when we need somebody to go and, um, you know, patch up this recruiting class that we've kind of lost over the past, you know, couple weeks. Um, I feel like his first first stop should have been in Kingston um, at the Mays residence. Uh, I, I bet he's committed already. You want yeah. to take bets? He just had announced it. I would love it. I bet um, so. You know, if you bring Peyton Manning 
Phil Former into your living room, you tell me you're not going to come to Tennessee. You can't say no. Exactly. That's that's two nines and a tens asking. That's a sorry. That's two not one's a nine. Peyton's a nine. This is a huge forehead. Uh, one's a ten. That's Phil asking you for a threesome. Mm. You might say no because you know it's a dream, but <laughs> I think I'd have to decline that offer. <laughs> I mean, I'd be intrigued. I'd think about it a little bit, but I don't think I'd. So I'd accept it just yet. I'd take a little time to <laughs> think, think it over. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. I respect that. Yeah. Um, but, okay. I got, to, I got off track with that. Coaching search, though, I mean, uh, there's a lot of great names that I think are in play because and, – and, and I feel, especially as a football – maybe it's just because Phil Fulmer's there. But I feel like this athletic department just stable – like, is stable right now. Like, we're yeah. standing on solid ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I feel like this uh, – with – you know, our program's tradition already carried just great value. Now the administration is going to carry great value. Mm-hmm. I feel like this job is like when people like the thing you said about Philip Fulmer walking into someone's living room. When uh, you get that phone call um, uh, from Philip Fulmer, no matter you know who you are, what team you're coaching, I think you're going to listen. Oh yeah, and um, you might even let he might even be up for an interview. And uh, so I really feel comfortable about where we're at. Um, I think. Going forward, um, I I really like T. T. Martin. Um, I'm ready to give him a chance. I, I'm kind of confused why his name hadn't been thrown in it more, but, but there might be more there. Um, yeah. I, I like Les Miles. I don't get the hate for him. His worst season was eight and five. If that's the worst season we have in eleven years, yeah, I take that every day. Of the in week. the West, in the West, yeah, in the West. Um, if that's the worst season we have in eleven, was it eleven years? He's at LSU. Yeah, I want. I think it was eleven years. Eleven and. Uh, I take that every day of the week. And a lot of people are like, it's luck. And I'm like, well, yes, true kind of luck. But um, one of my favorite things, because I used to be told I was, like, the luckiest person of all time. And just because I would, like, do stuff that probably shouldn't be able to do. Like, you know, like when you, like, throw a basketball or, like, when I throw it off and, like, spin it in from the mm-hmm. backboard, people are like, that's stupid. And I'm like, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Okay. <laughs> so I think – but I think, I think that shows who Les Miles is, is that – he he's someone he like those trick plays he'd run. He's a yeah, mad hatter. He is a mad hatter. Yeah, they're lucky, but I mean they're well thought out, prepped trick plays yeah. that would meet. Because and, with the trick play, you have to call it at the right time right. for it to work. Absolutely, and, and like you said, he's a mad hatter. I'd love to have um, that kind of that kind of play calling and that kind of play style um, at the University of Tennessee. And, and a lot of people are like, if you're, a lot of people say if you if you coach with a pair a pair of huevos. Your team will play with one, um, so I mean I think unless Miles plays in, or play, coaches with balls, and uh, you know he's gonna be a guy who goes for it on fourth down, maybe not in the right t- right time, right. But and, and it's definitely somebody T Martin could lo- learn under, right. Um, you know a lot of people don't like T Martin's experiences, no have no experience having had. Oh, I can't even speak. Um, <laughs> no experience at a, at a head coaching job. Um, but, I mean, if he were to learn under somebody like that um, and be the OC at Tennessee, people would realize maybe he's more deserving of the job. Right. Um, you know, because Les Miles is like 62 years old. He's not going to be here in a long time. Right. And, and so I talked to someone today at work, and they are like, well, he wouldn't want to be here for more than three years as an OC. It's a lateral move. And I was like, well, here's, here's why. And you're right. USC to Tennessee is a lateral move. But – uh, we're his alma mater. I think if we got someone like Les Miles, we could pay him a lot more. Les would have to take a pay cut, and I think he would if he wanted to be here bad enough. Mm-hmm. So he'd have to pay Martin more. 
promise him that head coaching position, and then it's, right. it becomes not a, you. You made it not a lateral move. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going. He's trending upwards. And he said he would take a pay cut. He said, "I, I, I just want to coach." And there you go. And, um, and I like, I like it a lot. Um, some anything else about Tim Martin before I move on from here? No, go ahead. Uh, go some ahead. other people I like. I, I've heard Brett Venable's name. I like that. Um, I like it. I, I like the Chad Morris name. Um, I did. I, did I, I didn't know much about him. I did a little research at lunch today. Um, and I, I don't think it'd be a bad hire. Um, and, and one of the thing about one of the things about all these coaches is they've got to get their break somewhere. Yeah. And um, you know, you, you'd hate Kirby Smart, second year head coach, got his break. I mean, what if Georgia been like? I don't know. He's never been a head coach. And a lot of people like to take these shots under uh, with with Saban assistance. But when you look at it, that's a bad guy to bet on because Saban doesn't lose his assistance. <laughs> No. So you like you're, you pretty much accept never beating Alabama if you're like I'm gonna go get a Saban assistant. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Kirby Smart was a good hire. You, you gave an OC a chance. Um, and they, I mean, and he inherited a great program. I'm not saying he's gonna be a next Nick Saban because yeah. you don't, you just don't, you won't know for five or six years. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's, you know, he inherited a great program, but has also done a great job. Um, he got a good staff around him. And I've heard the Jeremy Pruitt name now the defense now the defense coordinator at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't I don't hate the hire. Um, he's done a good job, and the OC or the uh, coordinators have got to get their chance at some point. So I don't, I don't know where this coaching search goes. I saw Peterson's name thrown in there. Yeah, I did see um, that. today said they said he was getting an interview, but no one you heard John Bryce say expect. Uh, Word on the end at the end of the day. I've heard as late as Wednesday. Uh, on the way home, I heard as late as Friday. Mm. So you, you're hearing a lot of different stuff coming out. The quicker, the better. We need right. to speed this thing up. <laughs> um, you got national signing early period. National signing day early period coming up December twentieth. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna sneak up on us. We we got to get those guys like Cade Mays who are graduating early. Yeah. Um, you, you gotta get you gotta get those guys in quick and. Uh, and Vol fans just want to see a coat. Like, right. We just want to hire We need a somebody. face. We need yeah. a face. Yeah. Wait, is, is Butch still on the Jumbotron? Probably. God. Are we still have a Jumbotron watch? we got to get him down. That should have been Phil for my first thing. Graciano is going taken, next. He should have taken a sledgehammer the day he was named AD and just beat the pit. We, I would buy a new. That would be awesome to see Phil up there with a sledgehammer. That would be cool. With I would sh- buy a new Jumbotron. I'm sure that's $100 million, but. Still there with his shirt on, yeah. with the sledgehammer, with the, and like every time he swings it forward, the light hits his national championship ring perfectly. Mm. It'd be awesome, uh, but yeah, I'm ready to get into. I'm ready to be competing for national championships and get into the college football playoff. I just, I just don't. We're going back to the curtains. I just don't understand. I had a great segue. You ruined I'm, my segue. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. okay. I'm just kidding. I just, I just, <laughs> want, I just want to say this. Why did we go after Greg Schiano first? All these, if you're going to go the coordinator route, all these coordinators you just mentioned, Jeremy Pruitt, Brent Minables, T. Martin, those three are better than Greg Schiano. They're a better hire. Yeah, all three of them. So I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the Dave Doran. Oh, yeah, I, I don't understand about Dave Doran. He's he's horrible. Yeah, he's never won more than eight games in a season. But we don't want to hire Les Miles, whose worst game, whose worst season was eight wins. It's oh my god, it makes me so mad. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm with you. But hey, that that administration, that specific administrator is no longer at and the I, university. And I hope I hope that was the problem. Yeah, I, I do too. Because, you know, then it can be fixed. But if it's if it if he was just a puppet for the Haslams, for Davenport, then for, you just hope fill it in a puppet though. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. But Davenport, if you listen to the press conference with Phil, she has no clue what she's doing. None. And I know she couldn't, you know, go into details about Curry because he, he was just put on leave. Um, but she gave no reassurance to, she, to like, have the best interest in – uh, for Tennessee, well, I think she has the best interest. I, I think maybe she doesn't know what she's doing on the athletic side of it, which is fine. It's not mm-hmm. her job. That's why you have an AD, right? Um, so I'm I'm fine with that. I think she does. Have, I mean, I think she has the best interest of the University of Tennessee at heart. Um, apparently, she's rubbed a lot of the board of directors the wrong way um, concerning a lot of these outsourcing jobs because um, she did not. She was not for it. Um, and then um, apparently, she's kind of been fed up with uh, people outside of the school running the school. And yeah. she's she's ready to fix that, and um, I, I I think she does have the 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 best interest of the University of Tennessee at heart, and that's why you have Philip Fulmer in place. I don't think he'd be there if she didn't. Okay. I think it'd be someone in, in well, inside the athletic direct. I hope you I hope you're right. But listen to the press conference. I just got rubbed the wrong way um, by everything she said. She she didn't answer a single question straight up, and I know she couldn't answer about John Curry, but she could go off top and be like, you know, I'm here. Um, to, you know, patch together the best program in the nation, right? And, or, or something to that nature. And I, I didn't get a chance to listen, so I don't know exactly what was said. But um, just seeing the chain of events lay out, I, I really firmly believe that she's not a housing puppet. She's not, um, you know, she she's not being told what to do. She's acting on her own. Um, and she maybe, you know, I'm sure she's taking advice along the way. She's in her first year as well. But she's not just blindly being told what to do and following. I think that's obvious. Um, and, and I think a part of it is she's listen, listening to um, a lot of people who do care about about the school and about the athletic department. And, and that's why you see um, people like Philip Fulmer in place. Yeah. Uh, and and ha- Philip has Phil Fulmer has a chance to make this, this higher. Um, so I, I think that shows that she, she really does care. And she wants to see um, this program succeed and be better. Okay. I hope you're right. I hope she's not a puppet because I, I just got rubbed the wrong way. Um, you know, this whole co- coaching search is everybody involved has rubbed me the wrong way. Right. Um, so, I mean, hopefully Phil can just take the reins. But and it, it sounds like Beverly Davenport saved our ass against with the Shiano thing. Yeah. I think, I think, I'm surprised Tennessee didn't hire Shiano anyways, go through with it. But I'm really surprised. Or I would, like, I'm more. I'm less surprised to find out that Davenport didn't sign it. I think if Davenport had signed that MO, the uh, MOA, he would have been the coach regardless of what riot the fans did. Yeah, I think they would have brought him in on Monday instead of Sunday. Yeah, I mean, just the whole events. And she was involved, so she has to take some blame because the Shiano thing, um, you know, she gave Curry the reins to go do whatever he needed to do. Um, so, I mean, she's a little bit at fault for that. And then the the Jeff Brom thing, I don't really know what miscommunication happened with that, but that was ridiculous. And I think, well, I think that's where you saw her and the, and the rest of UT administration probably lose faith in John Curry. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, we're not going to sign. It was probably more like a, we're not going to sign off on this until we get some more, a few more things figured out. And by that point, Brom had probably they probably even said maybe not that much money. Um, and and then Brom backed out. Um, and. Uh, that boils down to John Curry probably doing stuff without permission, yeah. and I think that was the I think that was another part that led to um, you know eventually led to him being let go, put on leave because he was probably acting outside of 
every I mean Beverly Davenport's job is to hire hire people at the University of Tennessee and kind of oversee the day to day stuff and um, she probably what maybe had, wasn't ready and he went ahead he went ahead he went forward without permission mm-hmm. um, and he put he put us there he made us the laughing stock and it could have been part of uh, it could have been partially Davenport's fault maybe she just refused to sign because um, you know it wasn't much of her idea but. Um, just from what I can gather with the Curry situation, it seems like uh, he did a lot of stuff that no one else inside the athletic department um, really liked. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. I, I, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Apparently, when the Shiana stuff started to happen, everyone was like, no one's for this hire. Um, and a lot of stuff was leaking out. And I think when you have a lot of stuff leaking out, you have a lot of upset people. Um, when everybody's happy, they don't really want to talk. Right. So uh, I think that. And we we do have a Twitter question in this. Um, and this this we can just answer real quick. Uh, Patrick Eady, um, sent us a question on Twitter. He said, "Who do you think it will be?" Venables? Question mark. Morris with Dan Brooks, uh, Marion Hobby, or Miles with Martin Chavis Steele and Thomas. Um, I, I think the whole Tennessee. Um, coaching staff would be a little bit of a stretch, right? Um, you know, if Kevin Steele, if they, if he was hired as coach, I feel like it'd be the same with Les Miles. I feel like they'd try to bring T. Martin in as OC and head coach in waiting. Um, Kevin Steele has some up and downs um, at different programs. He's done well as a defensive coordinator. I don't know how great he would be as a head coach. He seems to be a little bit of a lunatic. Um, you know, I heard a report from when he was at Clemson. He just freaked out, and he started calling plays from a playbook he had with the Carolina Panthers 10 years prior to that. That would um, be awesome. So I don't know how true that is. That's hilarious. Um, but I don't know if I want that guy to be the face of my program. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but he's a Tennessee guy. I'm sure he'd have his best um, best interests uh, of Tennessee at it. Um, but I don't know how realistic it would be with the whole yeah, um, I, Tennessee squad. I'm with you on that. I'm curious to see just kind of how this all plays out because we haven't heard a whole lot um, other than it sounds like Tennessee's going to talk to Les Miles. Um, it sounds like uh, it sounds like T. Martin probably isn't in the running for head coach, so OC looks like the only thing you'll get out of him. Uh, Brett Venable sounds like a realistic option. Uh, so I, I think – and. I think he's probably going to be one of my top candidates right now just because it sounds yeah. like he might be in top candidate in their eyes. And he's been one of mine from the start. Um, you know, we, we've kind of talked about that. I mentioned Scott Frost um, and Brent Venables. I love Brent Venables. That that segment he had on his, or on college game day a couple weeks ago of him having the only, um, you know, personal get-back coach <laughs> is awesome. Um, so I, I would love to have him. He's He's crazy. Um, he demands respect, perfection, um, and I think that's something that, that you want in a head coach. Right, absolutely. Uh, looking forward at the college football playoff. Um, you said it, and I believe it too. Uh, the field set is how it should be. Um, yeah. I think the college football playoff got it right here. And, uh, you know, several people, mainly just Ohio State fans, are going to argue that they should be in over Alabama. The only thing they have on Alabama is the conference championship. A weak um, conference championship. A week, yeah, I mean, uh, with, <coughs> I mean, Wisconsin just 
I don't know how Wisconsin's undefeated. I know they didn't play a tough schedule, but I don't get it. Um, they're not that good. Their defense is pretty good, but outside of that, I mean, it's just oh, their quarterback God. is pretty bad. Their quarterback's bad. Their tight end is incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he has a weird name. I'm gonna have to look it up. Um. But he played a great game. Outside of that, it was not very impressive for the rest of the team. They have pretty good offensive line. Is it Fog Molly or something like that? Something like that. Number like eighty something. Yeah, I think it was Fog Molly. Fu Fu Fumagali. Fumagali. But you know, just not a very impressive game. Um. Ohio State had several chances to win it. You kind of run away with it or end it earlier and yeah. couldn't. Uh, Wisconsin was also shut down on a probably would have been completed pass on the sideline, but there's an obvious P.I. that didn't get called. Uh, so, But Ohio State, you can't lose. And even in Alabama's situation, you can't lose. Alabama can't lose one game and expect to get in. They left it up to Wisconsin to lose. Yeah. Because they, because they lost. Yeah, and um, I knew if Wisconsin lost, I figured I shouldn't say I knew. I figured they would get in, um, but you can't leave that. You control your destiny at the every at the beginning of the year. You're undefeated, and it's your job to stay undefeated. Doesn't matter how good you are. If you cough up a game, um, you're banking on other teams losing. Uh, we talked about it because um, I'll get into it later. But just because you win, or sorry, not, just because you're good doesn't put you automatically in. You gotta win. Yeah. Um, if, if, even if you're good, if you cough up a game. Uh, or two, you 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 can't bank on getting in. And, yeah, and I feel like Ohio State's banking on getting in because Alabama coughed up a game. Right. But they coughed up two. Yeah, they coughed up two, and one was to an unranked Iowa team by over thirty points. Right. Um. So I mean that that's the difference to me. If they would have lost to Penn State, um, you know, and and Michigan or Michigan State or or somebody good. Um, you know, then it would be a better argument. But, I mean, you lost to Iowa. Right. And then you had another slip-up game. And then, you know, you beat a weak, uh, a weak Wisconsin team. Um, you know, and Alabama lost – if they would have lost any other team on their schedule, they still would have been in the SEC championship. Right. So, I mean – Yep. They got it right. Yeah. Right. And, and Auburn's not a bad football team. And uh, Georgia's a good football team. I'm excited. To see, I think they'll beat Oklahoma. Um I mean, I'm excited to see it. Everyone else is obviously deserving. The re- everybody else in that field um, is one lost team that won their conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and Clemson's loss came to a, a weak opponent. Uh, but after that one loss, uh, and everybody, everybody else kind of had a, a one loss schedule, they were able to control their own destiny. They just had to take care of business on Saturday, um, and they did so convincingly. Um, Oklahoma, they are a two loss team, aren't they? No, they're, they? one they're one loss. They are one yeah. loss. Um, again, a team that controlled their own destiny and uh, went and uh, went and won on Saturday. That's all they had to do. Um, so everybody's very deserving, I think. And it was a fun championship Saturday. The Ohio State game was good, but you know, yeah, I think the only way you know we were talking about that Ohio State Wisconsin game. I think the only way Alabama didn't get in was because if Wisconsin. Won. Yeah, that was it. Because. We all, everyone on planet Earth knows Alabama would beat the piss out of Wisconsin. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they went undefeated. Yeah. And they won, they, if they had beat Ohio State, they would have won their conference. And yeah. they deserved to be there. They did what it took to get there. Right. That's what it boils down to. Um, looking around at Championship Saturday, though, um, Miami about got skunked by, by Clemson. 
uh, not a very competitive game. And the Georgia-Auburn game was um, uh, a good one that UGA just controlled the entire contest. Uh, UCF and Memphis was a boat race. And then in the middle of the game, it was announced that Scott Frost was going to uh, Nebraska. Yeah. So um, he, you know, that that was kind of crappy of the media, I think, to release it then. Everybody kind of knew he was going. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of the unspoken thing, and then they made it the spoken thing. Kind of, kind of crappy. If you, if you were part of that, you you kind of suck. And uh, and then what's really cool though that Nebraska is allowing uh, Scott Frost gets to coach their bowl game. Um, I saw so that. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. Um, I think it shows that he cares about his players. And uh, and then like you know, and, and I think people guys that go to UCF understand they're not a destination job. Um, so when they see coaches get you know get bigger jobs, uh, number one they should be really proud because it's because of them that they're there. Yeah. Um, you went and won. Um, the nation found your all season so fantastic that they're putting the guy who leads your program, you know, in better positions. Yeah. So they should be proud of not only their coach but of themselves. Um, and, it, and it was kind of – and I know, you know, Butch Jones didn't end up panning out, but one thing I, I liked a lot was um, when Butch told his team that he would be leaving uh, leaving Cincinnati for the University of Tennessee, they, they all stood up and applauded. Um, so I think that says a lot about, you know, th- that the players liked him a lot and thought he they thought he was deserving of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know you've seen a few Cincinnati players come out and talk about how they didn't like Butch Jones, but when you coach, you know, I think he was there for four years, you coach over 400 players, you're going to have a few people who don't like you. Right, exactly. So, um, but, yeah, so I think it shows Scott Frost how, how much he was well-liked and how good of a job they thought he did. Um, and like I said, they, sh- they should be proud of themselves as well as their coach. Yeah, and they finished undefeated. Yeah, and hopefully they get this win in the bowl game. Um, you know, Who that'd be they awesome play? to see. I was actually going to check that because I'm not sure they're in a New York New Year's Six Bowl, aren't they? Is it? Yeah. Are they Auburn? Is it Auburn? I don't know. Here's a question, not a statement. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's December 16th. Let's get all the way down here. Um, I don't know. Oh, I was past it. I'm sorry. They play Auburn in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Oh, yep. gosh. <laughs> that should be fun. I'll be a good game, I bet. Don't, don't speak too soon. But uh, that will be cool to finish, you know, see them finish uh, undefeated. And then uh, you've had some talks about Gus Miles on to Arkansas. Um, he said he wanted to be at Auburn next year, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Well, they offered him an extension. Yep. A big extension. So I'm curious to see who Arkansas goes out and get. We're still competing, so I'm not that curious. Hopefully they get a bad hire. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, who? Real quick, we're going to get to look at it over the next few weeks, so this doesn't have to be your final answer. Who do you think is going to win the uh, college football playoff? Mm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Georgia. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Georgia. I like Georgia. Um, I don't like Georgia. Okay, I, that was, was terrible. <laughs> you like that team? You, yeah. I know what you meant. I, I, know I like. Mean. I like the way they they've played this year. Um, they destroyed us at home. Um, you know that's not a tough environment to go into to <laughs> absolutely demolish a team. Um, but I, I mean they run the ball good. They're efficient. We we talked about Jake Fromm how efficient you know that offense is ran. Um, at Georgia, they don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, and to beat them, I feel like you have to have everything to go right for you. Right. Um, they have a great defense. Um, they got a trio of running backs. Um, you know, if their quarterback goes down, they have Jacob Beeson behind yeah. him. So, 
And I, I think just uh, the biggest thing is that, you know, to beat them, everything's got to go right. I don't think that statement would – If I don't think if they get destroyed by Auburn at the beginning of the year – or beginning of the year, but like midway through the season, I don't think they go out and do what they did Saturday. Um, I don't think they do what they, they've done at the end of the season. I think that loss was a kind of a statement loss for them. Um, as, as a coach, you kind of look at it and you, you, you have good losses and you have bad lo- you know, losses that really hurt your team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that loss was good for Georgia. Uh, they saw, you know, how to not let that happen again. Because um, I don't think it boiled down to Georgia being a bad football team, that th- uh, 24-point loss. It was Georgia just not coming out fast and then folding when it got tough. Yeah. It wasn't them being bad. It wasn't them being a bad football team. It was them being bad on that day. And I don't see it happening again. That Something similar to that. Uh, and then their game against Oklahoma is going to come down to – their defense. I don't think their offense will have a single problem. Um, it'll be it'll be what their defense can do and and containing Baker Mayfield and um, I yeah. Think and Oklahoma a, actually faces a defense. Yeah, there's so, actually going to be 11 people that actually <laughs> know what they're doing. So uh, I mean, containing Baker Mayfield is not an easy task. Um, we know that from experience. So we'll see. Yep. We'll see how it goes. I, I like I like I'm Georgia in this college football playoff too. I said if they got one chance to play Alabama, they'd beat them. Here it is. I said that in like June. And I like the Clemson. Make me right. The Clemson Alabama matchup I, I do. again. I, I think Alabama will win it, but I like it. I do too. Um, so. You know, Clemson had one slip up to Syracuse. It was a bad loss. Um, but I mean, they they don't make a lot of mistakes either. Right. And you know they do what they do best, and that's give it to their athletes in space and let their quarterback work. Yeah. Like they did with Deshaun Watson for. Um, a couple years against Alabama. And so I think it's a good matchup. I don't think it would be a blowout. Right. So we'll four, four best teams in college football facing each other, what every fan can dream of. What's your top five teams in the NFL? God, it's so jacked up right now. I don't know. Just get, Well, not jacked up, but I I think Eagles still have the number one spot for me. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, that, and I, I'm going to go Patriots at two. Um, I think I got the Steelers at three. Um, the Rams at four. I guess the Saints at five. Maybe switch Saints and Rams. Uh, something like that. Okay. Something in that area. I have um, I have the the Eagles. I have the Patriots at two. The Patriots they they worry. I don't think they're that impressive, but they just win. They they that's it. Um, I mean, yeah. You know the Eagles are impressive when you watch them. Right. Um, except for this Sunday that they they lost. Um. To a good Seahawks team, um, three I would have to go with the Vikings. Okay, they're ten and two. Um, you know they just keep winning. They have Case Keenum, you know Latavius Murray, um, guys that really didn't stand out until this year, um, in other places. Um, I mean they keep winning. They have a great defense that they just keep winning. Um, four I'd have to go with the Saints, and then five with the Rams. Um, uh, and I think the Saints, they're, like, getting better each week. So, I think by next week, depending on how the Steelers do tonight, I mean, I could move them up to three. Yeah. Um, and it's like they could keep moving up because they just look more and more impressive each week. So. Yeah, and they, they worry me like the, the Patriots do. Um, that secondary is pretty atrocious. Yeah. Um, right. You know, they have Kenny Vaccaro. Um, they got Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore who is probably going to be the defensive rookie of the year, and they'll probably have the offensive rookie of the year also, um, and Alvin Kamara. But um, – Camera. Camera. 
Um, but yeah, without Marshawn Lattimore, that secondary looks bad, and so that that's kind of where their flaw is, I think. Um, you know, going into playoff time, that's where a team can maybe take advantage. Um, but you got to keep them from scoring too, and that's hard to do. Right. Right. Um, I had a good tweet this weekend, and yeah. and I, we actually you failed to mention it. You said you would. Um, the Greg Schiano song written by PFT commentary. Oh, I have it. Of part of my take. I didn't. Oh, you didn't forget it. Okay, so uh, every week or every Sunday, PFT is like says something kind of funny. Like, what are you doing to get ready for this uh, for this NFL Sunday? And yeah, you know, it's always like a joke that he he tweets out like a, um, attached to it. Um, his this week was let me find it so I can read it. Um, are you about to sing it for us? No, I will. But no, his tweet was, "How are you getting ready for Sunday NFL Sunday?" I'm eyeballing Mad Dog because you need to have 2020 vision to watch the starting QBs in today's NFL. Referring to Mad, you know, Mad Dog 2020, it's always just like a a little uh, uh, pun, kind of you know, attached to you know, to lighten up the mood on NFL Sunday. Okay. I thought I had a good tweet. Didn't do it early enough for he was probably pretty drunk by the time I got to him, so he couldn't retweet it. Um, cause my mom was pretty late in the day, but I said to prepare for NFL Sunday, I was like, going to brunch because the only way to win in week 13, it was with grits and determination. I like it. A lot of you poor people might not get it because at brunch you eat grits. You do eat grits. So I've never had grits cause I don't they're delicious. Brunch cause I'm not, I'm not that high class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually just that hungover that I go to brunch. Okay. <laughs> so I, 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 I was going to let you put yourself in the same category, but okay. Yeah. I'm probably hung over on a Sunday. <laughs> so um, there's like a night. If you see me on Sunday morning, just be like, don't talk to me. Just let me eat in peace. Um, but yeah, PFT then this weekend also wrote a song about Gregory Schiano and mentions the Tennessee Volunteers in it multiple times because uh, go Vols. Um, it's a great song. It's played to the tune of Piano Man. You, you need to go listen to it. Shiano Man. It's called Shiano Man. Um don't click on their podcast. Don't give them views because we're competing with them. Um, so don't do that. But you know, maybe find like a third party that, that's streaming the song or something um, illegally. Maybe go on uh, Napster um, yeah. and see if you can find the song um, so they don't get any royalties from it. You could it. probably get it on your Amazon Fire Stick if it's jailbroken. Yeah, if it's jailbroken, get it on your Amazon Fire Stick and listen to it. Um, so, yeah, don't give part of my take anymore. Any more credit just find a way around it um i I was on it was on my snapchat several times this weekend maybe go find my snapchat you could you could listen to it there um it's pretty solid but uh go vols we blocked vol nation single-handedly blocked greg shiano from becoming our head coach so i'm pretty proud of that i mentioned that last week um i mentioned it in a snapchat video this weekend said i was proud of you all um and what you did y'all took over um you made that guy your bitch Made that hire your bitch. <laughs> so uh, I like it a lot. Sorry, we got out of topic there. NFL Players of the Week. We're watching everybody get Randy Moss right now on Monday Night Countdown. Yeah, it's so that's very, pretty fun. Yeah, it's incredible. They should show the Callaway catch. I know they're showing guys in the NFL, but they should cut Callaway. They done just it they three found they did a high schooler oh, did a second they? ago. So. Oh, that's show. You have to show Marcos Callaway then. That's. Anyways, offensive player of the week. You got. I got Robbie Gould, kicker. Shout out. He won. He beat the Chicago Bears by himself. He did. He, he had 15 points. They won 15 to 14. <laughs> Shout out to Robbie Gould. Five, five field goals. Five, five attempts. Five made. 
God, the Bears are so bad. <laughs> Didn't Robbie Gould play for the Bears at one point? Huh? Didn't Robbie Gould play for the Bears at some point? That's what I thought. I don't know. Nice. I'm pretty sure. Um, my offensive player of the week is uh, Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith. Um, the Chiefs are kind of falling off a little bit. They lost again. Um, but it wasn't because of Alex Smith. He had he was 19 of 33 passing, um, 366 yards, four touchdowns, and added a 70-yard touchdown run against the Jets. Um, so, I mean, heck of a – Oh, so that was one of his touchdowns. So he had four. He had four total touchdowns. I don't um, like it. Yeah. So you, you actually were starting him in your fantasy yeah. um, but, team, and it jumped up like thirteen points. I was like, "Good lord, what happened?" Um, but he had a seventy-yard run. You can never let a quarterback in the NFL run a seventy-yard, especially run. someone like Alex Smith. If, yeah. you, if you're going to get ran seventy yards on, it's got to be like Cam Newton. Um, it, it's got to be someone like. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I don't even see. I I couldn't see Russell Wilson running seventy yards. I couldn't see. Cam I couldn't Newton. see Cam Newton. I was just about to say that. I don't see him running seventy yards. Yeah. I see him getting, getting hogged down. Oh uh, yeah. He's got long legs. He might be able to stride out. Maybe if he stiff arms a couple people to the ground. I can see Johnny Football rolling out there right now, weighing like two ten, running it. I don't know who would do it. <laughs> uh, Mariota. Yeah. Mariota. Yeah, I could see Mariota doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's about it. You know, if Colin Kaepernick would get off a knee, I could see him doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I could not see the Red Rocket. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I a Red Rifle, not Red Rocket. I saw, <laughs> <laughs> I saw a funny tweet last year that was like, I can't remember who they were playing. Let's say they were going to play the Bears, uh, the 49ers. And it was like, if the Bears want to stop Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers today, they need to just sing the national anthem pre-snap. <laughs> It's the only way to beat him. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Colin Kaepernick's still out of a job. Thought I mentioned that while we're here. Um, my defense player of the week is Xavier Howard. He had two two interceptions and one for a TD. Dang. Uh, my... Also, this it was mainly their win over Denver that also did it in for me for his. I like when players win. Obviously, that doesn't have to be the defining factor. Yeah, but I like it when you win. I agree. Um, my defensive player of the week, he also won. Um, safety for the Baltimore Ravens, Eric Weddle. Um, the beard is back. Um, he had three tackles, one sack, and uh, one interception for a forty-five-yard touchdown. Um, you know, the the Ravens like are a weird team. They'll put up like they had forty-four points this week. Um, and then the next week they'll have like 10. They're a really weird team, but I mean, hey, shoot your shot. Interesting. Do what you got to do. Very interesting. Uh, do you have stupidity as an epidemic? Oh. Oh, you've got one? Uh, okay, I'm going to go first <coughs> because I want to. Go ahead. So, uh, a bunch of people were talking about the, the guy who had to fix the field in Indianapolis uh, during the Big Ten Championship game, um, and a guy tweeted a lot of – because everybody was asking, that's it, because his degree's in uh, turf management. And a lot of people were asking, um, there's a degree in that? And a guy tweeted back, a lot of golf course super attendants come from Purdue, FYI. It's called a golf course superintendent, not a super attendant. <laughs> he tweeted that, and he didn't delete it. Oh, my gosh. 
He's stuck by what he's stuck by his word. I I can respect st- some stupidity then, I guess. Yeah. You stick by your word. You stick by it. <laughs> um mine is uh this is just pure disrespect. Uh Sean Fincham tweeted we should, it's another guy we should just name this after. Um he said John Curry is the Michael Scott of athletic directors. Oh, that ah, that pissed me off. Give Sorry. us a little bit of stat of Michael Scott. Michael Scott. He runs, if you don't know, he runs the Dunder Mifflin Scranton branch. The most successful branch in company history. Yep. He started out as a salesman. Before he was promoted to branch manager, he was the best salesman in Scranton. And he had a lot to compete with. Yep. Look, Michael Scott might have a funny way of doing things. Will he maybe say a sexual comment to you that might be rude? Will he maybe say a racist comment to you that might be rude? Will he hit somebody with his car? Sue him. He has a funny way of doing things, but he gets the job done. Yep. John Curry did not get the job done. No, he's not the Michael Scott. No. You know who he is? He's He's a Toby. Toby. (laughs) He's Toby. (laughs) Toby, you will sleep alone for the rest of your life. He tried to take a picture with the receptionist as he left, as he got fired. (laughs) Or... No, the receptionist was like, here's something to remember you by. And it was a picture of, like, the whole athletic department. And he was like, but you're you're not in it. And she's like, yeah, I took it. And he's like, well, I really wanted a picture of you. And she was like, okay. And he's like, does anybody have a camera? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, John Curry is Toby. That's that's a good, much better analogy. But I tweeted back at that one because I can't stand it. Normally I would just swift by that, screenshot it, and laugh, send it to you guys. I could not stand for that kind of slander yeah. on my time on. He left the company, went and made his own company, and sold it, and came back. And, yeah, he took all those clients. Yeah. It was a multi-million dollar buyout, according to CFO. What was his name? Oh, my gosh. I know every character in the office. Don't. Oh, David. David. It was David. David. What was his name, though? What was his last name? I don't remember. I don't either. We're, God, we're getting lost. We should just talk about the office one episode. We should. I have another stupidity. Okay, I'll go. Um, this is uh, Dallas at rum <laughs> underscore hammer. Why is Jimmy Haslam not dead? Because he's breathing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> I just, for one, we, we shouldn't wish anybody's dead. I mean, uh, that, not, especially not over something this petty. And that we don't. Really know 100% he's behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Um, so, I mean, why is Jimmy Haslam dead? He's breathing. Okay, that's it. There are a lot of similar tweets to that that I don't understand. But Oh, he has another uh, one. Oh, he has another one. Yeah, I hope Fulmer is happy he got his revenge because he just plunged us way deeper into the depths of football hell. Interesting. So, he was against the Fulmer hire? If we're just being a lot honest. We're a lot honest. We're just being honest. I think football hell sounds fun. At least there's football. Yeah. <laughs> it might be bad Describe football. football might, hell to me. You really want that? Wing T offense with a 4-4 defense. Halls versus Harden Valley. Halls versus Gibbs. Oh, my God. Like 90s Halls. Early 2000s Halls. Oh, God. That is football hell. Pass the football, you say? That's not in our playbook. What's a safety? We don't have a free safety on this team. We play man coverage. 
We blitz all night. We, we blitz, blitz everybody. <laughs> we just blitz. They line up and shotgun who they think they are, the New York Jets? <laughs> yeah, that's that's my personal football hill. Wow. Also, here's a stupid tweet that I don't have the exact tweet, but it's Wes Rucker. Mm. It's like a multitude of tweets. He loves Mike Leach, and he loves Mike Leach's offense, right? Yep. You've seen that. Mm-hmm. Then he said, football without a tight end is wussy football. I don't think Mike Leach knows, or tight end, a fullback. I don't think Mike Leach knows what a fullback is. He's never had one. If he he didn't have a, one at Texas Tech. If he had a white guy that size walk in, he'd be like, who the hell are you? Yeah. You're on the wrong side of the ball, son. Linebackers are over there. Yeah. <laughs> no, he yeah, he I, definitely did not have one in the area. I don't offense. think you can love Mike Leach's offense and love fullbacks. That's not possible. Yeah. I guess that's what bisexual is. West Rucker's bisexual. We just we figured it out. Fact. Fact. <laughs> we figured it out. Got it. Okay. Perfect. So of the weeks, most important of the week. Most important. Um, Victor Arvidson from the Nashville Predators um, had a video. He helped a guy uh, propose um, walking out of the tunnel. Um, get, had the ring, gave it to his wife. The guy proposed. Um, P.K. Subban. Just started yelling, yeah. Did he know what was going oh, on? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't um, think he knew what was going on. Yeah, he probably did, um, which is even funnier. Um, but I thought that was cool. I, I don't really know how you get those connections to <laughs> right. be able to get a hold of a player to do that um, because I didn't have those connections. Right. I would have done something like that. <laughs> Derek Jeter could have came or Peyton Manning. Even former. I would have done former. I don't know. I don't know. I've got. I've, I'm sorry. I've got so many most importance. Go ahead. That doesn't make sense. Um. So the Jeff obviously Jeff Fisher isn't the coach anymore at the Rams because it's their first winning season since 2003. They're no longer 500. <laughs> um. That's pretty awesome. I like the Rams. Uh. George Quarles, he now um, an assistant at Furman, it is going to be in the Tennessee uh, Football Coaches Hall of Fame. Wow. So that'll be pretty cool. I have another. Oh, you have another? I do. Okay. Um, I probably should have mentioned this during when we were talking about the coach and search. Um, but Al, Al Wilson, um, you know, said in an interview with Jason Swain, um, he, he said something along the lines, these players need a coach. Um, they need somebody that will have their back every time. <coughs> um, somebody they can trust, believe in. Um, you know, that, that's things that players look for in a coach. Um, and when you have those qualities, players will want to run through a wall for that coach. Yep. Um, and I just like how he, how he mentioned running through the wall. I thought that was cool because, I mean, that's true. Yep. You know, we, we talked to Bobby Graham a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, and that's that's a coach I would run through a wall for. Right. Um, you know, he, he demanded he demanded the bet, my best. Um you know, he was the first one to congratulate me on a good play and the first one to get in my face when I did something stupid. Right. Um, yeah, I just thought that was cool um, for Al Wilson to come out and, and say that, um, you know, right after the former hire. Um, because I, I feel like that's somebody – that that's a coach that players want to run, run through a wall for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you heard Graham talk about it. Um, so you've heard some – you know, you've heard – first-hand experience. I haven't heard a lot of people 
Um, I'm glad we asked a question that somehow got that out of him because I haven't heard a lot of people say that directly about Fulmer. Yeah. Um, so to hear someone speak to that is pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my next one, speaking of a coach that just uh, loves his school, and um, he, uh, Coach Stockstill of MTSU, is uh, paying for 333 tickets for the MTSU students to attend their bowl game in Montgomery, Alabama, because their last two have been so far away. They played in Hawaii, I think, two years ago. Yeah. And then in the Bahamas last year. Um, so now that the students will get the chance to attend the bowl game, um, he's paying for 333 of them. So yeah, that's that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It just cool. uh, it just it shows that you care about your school and he appreciates their support and um, right and. and you know, that's not a program that pays millions of dollars. Right. Um, so that, that's pretty cool to see. You got a fail? I do have a fail. Um, my boy Tim Tebow. Um, I don't know if you've watched the SEC Nation like in, uh, on Saturday mornings. or I kind of don't like it. Yeah. I, I mean, I like him as a person and player, commentator not so much. He just yells. It sounds like there's like wind blowing in his face the whole time. I'm going to step back from the mic so you, you don't have to hear what Tim Tebow sounds like on SEC Nation, but he's like, yeah, I mean, it's like this team came in here and they're, and, and they're just the entire time. He just yells. Yeah, it's and bad. it's it's really confusing to me because no one else on set yells. So it's, it's like, a, is the crowd loud? Because Tim Tebow's yelling, then it comes to Paul Feinbaum and he's just like a normal tone, just talking like you normally would on a, um, you know, on like SEC Nation. And, but Tim Tebow yells. And then they had him on, I'm not sure what show it was uh, on sa- this Saturday, but uh, what's his name, Jesse? Uh, God, what's his name? It's Palmer. Jesse Palmer. No, that's not Jesse Palmer. Oh, not. Who is that? Well, he's in there with Stephen A. and whoever else, and um, he's yelling for some reason. Just he's in a stadium. Max like, Kellerman. That's who Max, it is. Okay, he's in a stadium just by himself, so there's mm-hmm. no noise. Yeah, and he's just yelling. But he's also just saying stupid shit. <laughs> he's like, it doesn't matter if you deserve it or not. I don't know why I just sounded like, tried to sound like Bill Clinton. I didn't try to sound like Bill Clinton, but it sounded very Bill Clinton-esque. But he's like just yelling. He's like, he goes on to say that like. He it sounds like Marty Huggins. That's what it is. And, uh, but it doesn't, he goes on to say it doesn't matter what, pretty much who deserves it more. It matters who's better. So it sounds to me like we know if Alabama had lost Mississippi State and Auburn that they would have beat anybody in the college football playoff or like have the ability to like mm-hmm. they would have beat the brakes off Wisconsin he said that would have beat the they would have beat anybody but if they lost to Mississippi State they're out and they deserve to be out in my opinion like Ohio State would have deserved to be in with a two loss team and the conference championship they would have deserved to be in over Alabama mm-hmm. yes Tim Tebow losses matter you can't just be the best team on paper be the best team you know a few weeks you got to win. Losses matter. Um, Ohio State can't just go out and get spanked by Iowa and it not matter. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't – I disagree with what he said because it's stupid and he needs to stop yelling. It's really annoying. <laughs> stop yelling. Tone it down, Tim. He's a preacher. That's what it is. He's a preacher. Yeah. Nah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, you got to forgive him for that. Uh, my fellow of the week is uh, Last Chance U star John Franklin – um, down there in Boca Raton with uh, Joey Freshwater, Lane Kiffin. Um, you know, just took off, did, did a read. Um, it was wide open, kept it, and ran straight up the middle um, for a 
long gain, and right before he got to the end zone, he drops the ball. We've seen too um, many of these. Yeah. I mean, like, can you not just hold on to the ball? Right. Like, why do you have to drop it in the first place? It's Don't not hand like, it to the referee. Yeah. I mean, if I'm ever a coach, I'm going to be like, when you score, you, you down the ball in the end zone like rugby. <laughs> it's rugby. Make sure you are in there before the ball touches the ground. Um yeah, I just think that's that's crazy. And and to me, as a, as a you know, we play football. I would never in a million years drop it. Like, I remember vividly this one time that after I scored a touchdown, I tried to hand the ball to the official, and like as soon as I scored, like I went to hand it to him, and he was just holding the the touchdown sign up, and like I just had it in his chest, and he's still holding it. And it took him like a minute to like actually grab the ball, and I was yeah. just like, here you go, man, like. I gotta go kick an extra point. And take yeah. this. <laughs> I gotta go so, celebrate. Yeah. I need you to hold, take the ball, man. Can't touch the ground. Yeah. So uh, it's a fumble. But um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I wasn't much of a. I think every time I got in the end zone, I was. You should have like did the did the read with him. Just. <laughs> I think I was always so surprised every time I got in the end zone. I didn't know what the hell to do. Yeah, exactly. I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like now, like people have it all planned, yeah. and I'm just like. <laughs> When I got in the end zone, I was just like, hey, I scored. <laughs> this is what this feels like. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, that, that's a fail. For sure. Um, guys, I said it this week. I'm going to reiterate it. I said it on my Snapchat because I want you all to hear it too because I don't know all y'all are my Snapchat friends. Guys, there's no need to worry. Phil Fulmer is back behind He's El Capitan. He is. He's, he's behind the wheel. He's controlling the sails. He's telling the crew what to do. It's getting rocky, but we're bringing the boat in. Um, and one, one thing we got to add, um, we've actually, um, you know, signed with Armchair oh, All-Americans. Yeah, so National Signing Day came early for us. It did. Uh, we got a hat and everything. Um, so, yeah, go check out Armchair All-Americans on Twitter. Um, on Facebook, on Instagram, and then check them out online at uh, armchairallamericans.com. Um, pretty cool website that we're going to get to. Uh, we, we talked about it a few weeks ago. We had some things in the works. Every day we work to bring you guys more quality um, production, more quality content, um, and that's what we'd, we'd like to do through Armchair. Um, so more important issues, is it will be moving uh, just where our platform is. Um, nothing, Nothing's changing. Uh, Armchair has been a great company to work with um, so far. Uh, we're really excited to get going with them. Uh, they're, they're, they're allowing us to be who we are through them. So we're going to work to build um, a great brand together uh, that is Armchair All-Americans. Um, definitely go check them out. Uh, check out some other pod. There's several other good podcasts over there. There's several other podcasts joining as well. This isn't just uh, us moving in. Their, their brand's growing every day. Yeah. Um, and they're doing a really, really good job uh, at what they do over there. And I'm pumped to, I'm pumped to get with them. Right. And, uh, you know, we're going to be giving out a uh, free T-shirt um, here in the next couple of days. Um, we'll get that tweeted out and um, get you entered in and see if you're a lucky winner. Um, but like we said earlier, we're bringing the boat in and we out.
Searching for an answer, I never seem to find. 